A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Payback Preview. I'm Michael Hamford from What Culture and I'm joined by Michael Sidgwick from What Culture to discuss everything that might happen on this Saturday's, something like that, premium live event. Uh, but if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only preview and review premium live events, but also Raw, Smackdown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, Dynamite, Collision, pay-per-views, we have wrestler interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. A bit of uh, housekeeping first, we are recording this on Thursday, um, there's a company closure day for What Culture on the Friday, which means we're unable to get together and cover both Smackdown and Payback's preview, Sitch. but you specifically were so furious about that, that you thought, Hamlet. We've got to get in that studio. We've got to talk about this show. So we're doing payback today. Smackdown could dictate something on the card. There could be a last-minute edition, but we're going to work with what we've got. Before we go match by match, where are your hype levels for this? And zero. Are they higher than WWE? Zero. Absolute zero. Um, last year was a departure from the bleak annual tradition of not caring about the product between SummerSlam and Atapush Survivor Series. Mm. And that is because Triple H took the reins in, what, July? Yeah. So he basically had to impress. He could no longer uphold this great annual WWE tradition so that he made the pay-per-views count, the premium live events count. Um, He injected Raw and SmackDown with an abundance of new slash old talent to keep the pops going, to keep the fans happy, to keep the interest levels up, to convince them, you know, things are different now that I'm in charge. This is my big mission statement. So those months where traditionally very little happens and that which does happen is looped and repeated, and that didn't happen. Um, But, you know, I've said it a million times. This is a promoter who learned promoting and booking exclusively under the learning tree of Vince McMahon. He's got the odd differences. He does a lot of things better. Um, It's less asinine. It's still pretty dry. But, you know, for whatever reason, maybe because there's an internal realization that, look, if we try and go hard all the time, one of two things happen. Either you go the way of AEW and you sign people and you do stipulation matches and you do this and that and eventually fans experience burnout and they become normalized to your great product all of the time. 
which is what happened. Mm-hmm. Like I know AEW has declined creatively, but it is in some ways still a victim of its own success. And the other thing is WrestleMania can't possibly be that big if we do too many exciting things before it. People, I don't think, get this. They want WrestleMania to be the biggest event of the year every single year. And I think there is a conscious, maybe subconscious, but there's a decision to ease the foot off that pedal in these months. And mm-hmm. we are in those months, and Triple H is treating those months just like Vince McMahon treated those months. But what's especially irritating about this payback card and how flat and boring it is, is that no one would reasonably expect, you could build this story, but no one would expect it. Why isn't Gunther versus Chad Gable on this show? And I understand TV is where the money is, realistically. Yes, they're making more money from the PLEs through the Peacock deal than ever, but ultimately your masters are your TV execs and your and your rights fees. So you have to keep something for TV, and I think Triple H has said things along those lines when asked why this match isn't happening. Or, you know, I think I might have read that, and if not, that's what he would say. But you can keep something else for TV that isn't this awesome feud that stuttered this week but has been tremendous. And I just wish that it would get... If any match that's hot in WWE right now is so good that it would really benefit from that PLE crowd, the more invested, the paid more money, their expectations are higher, that could benefit from not having adverts in it. You know, Mm. why not go this? One more thing about my complaints about this match not being on the card, just about this match in general, is that remember earlier this year, you could not take a piss without hearing the word story. Story and matches are just what happens at the end of the story. You can't have... Uh, and I know I don't usually care about this sort of thing, but sometimes I do. Gunther and Chad Gable is pretty much exclusively told its story, which, by the way, has performed very strongly in quarter hours on Raw through the language of in-ring wrestling and the progression of Chad Gable's ability to level up to Gunther, his, ab- his ability in the first match to even survive Gunther. Then he has the next one, and he gives him a real run for his money. Beats him, doesn't he, in the non-title? He beat him in the... Or in a tag? By DQ, or count out in the non-title, he survived the five-minute challenge. So yeah. He, like, they're kind of presenting it as if he's almost 2-0. and oh. Yeah, they've told the story that there's a good chance through his ability to level up throughout those throughout this series with Gunther that if they can get it one-on-one with a title on the line on the big stage, he's leveled up to the point where he could beat him. They've told the story, and I'm telling you again, it is one of the most popular on Raw right now. If you look at the quarter hours, through the storytelling of an in-ring wrestler and barely any promo work to go with it, that's just a nice aside. Well, and Ludwig Kaiser trying to get his hole with Maxine Dupree. That as well. But generally between... But that's love I, know being, action. I know you're being facetious. But genuinely, isn't that funny? How no one on that yeah. side of the culture war... They're just enjoying the matches without giving it any thought as to why that might be. It's yes. Just, yeah. <laughs> no, I totally agree. I uh, I do find it perplexing that, well, you know, it's not perplexing. WWE does this stuff all the time. There are very few shows that matter more than the television other than WrestleMania and maybe arguably only the Royal Rumble at this point. I'm more surprised that in this year specifically, um, Payback looks like an outlier as opposed to the other B shows. I've been a big fan of this, like, I can't fault the creative and commercial forces coming together in the way that Triple H and Nick Card have 
when WWE are making money by producing good shows because that's the way I want a wrestling company to make money. Yeah. In Backlash, uh, Elimination Chamber, Money in the Bank, localised promotion around events that they're being subsidised for that leave a bunch of satisfied customers who are watching on screen and in the building. That's probably the way it should be done yeah. in this mega money era of promoting shows. And I can't fault that. And this seems like it's just... If that's the model, virtually every other B show we've had this year, it is odd to me that they've gone so far back the other way that this looks like, as you say, it's w- a month off. WWE tanking it in fall season. I remember that story of Chris Jericho when he was talking about um, how we'd like first started working with the Young Bucks ahead of All In. And Vince McMahon had contacted yeah. him and he said, and he was like, no, it's fine. Yeah, like, in, enjoy what you're doing with them, whatever. But I mean, just let them know. This is not the time of year to be running the show. You can't draw houses at this time of year. And Jericho thinking, ah, he's, he's right. It's Vince. He must be right. Passing that information on. And they'd be like, no, Vince. Like, the answer was, no, Vince. You can't do it because you've killed it or you've chosen not to. Yeah. Just like how you said that pay-per-view was dead. And then UFC went on and just drew money out the ass that yeah. everyone, everyone, everyone in AEW still do. Um, but yeah, to the card, like, all the matches, all six of, like, six, no, six jokes. Six, six jokes. Matches. None of them are, um, like just matches out the ass. They've all had TV builds, but it does feel like this card is badly lacking in what would have been probably Gunther versus Gable or something that Roman Reigns was doing if he was wrestling. It does feel like it's lacking that really big event feeling match. Um, and I guess like the best way to start in that regard is with the what I guess will be the main event: Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus in a steel cage. Some of this feels like apology booking because they were bumped off SummerSlam. So the idea is, see, the fact of the matter is, Becky, we need you more for a premium live event headliner. You matter more. And then he's then said, the fact of the matter is, this feud sucks, so we're going to stick you in a cage. Yeah. So they do. this feels a bit grabby, but like right at the last, I kind of enjoyed the two of them on Raw, like getting at Becky constantly, constantly, constantly that justified the need for the cage. Until WWE steel cage match it and Trish get and Zoe gets in there anyway. Yeah, like they have a chance here to just make this feel like a, the kind of cage match Triple H would love. There was some you say that, but you booked many in NXT. They were that good. Went the Vince route. The women's division ones were really good. Um, there was a few like TV. He liked his TV headliners. Bloody hard on for these cage matches in NXT. Their, yeah, the TV cage matches, which I think is what he'll go for here. But it's a WWE premium live event, main event. Hard to imagine Zoe Stark's not getting involved. Maybe Lee are coming to run her off, something like that. It'll be over when it's finished, at least. Over as in complete. Oh, yeah, Christ. Yeah, not yeah, popular. Yeah. Look, this is the one WWE steel cage match other than the one we've just seen, which... Oh, my God. Well, that's two in a week. <laughs> that's two in a that's week. That's it. Love it that's there. our fed. That's our fed. Um... Uh, other than that one, which kicked ass on NXT, go and watch it if you don't watch NXT. It was fantastic. Um, this is the one WWE steel cage match where I will soften my usual stubborn refusal to accept the stupidity and the, you know, the self-own that is the WWE cage match. This insistence that well, we have the cage so that there can be no interference and it gets settled, even though when every single one it happens. Like, it's a joke. I hate being told this. It's <laughs> like, that's one of the ultimate things that WWE does where it's like, I cannot watch this company or I wouldn't if I didn't cover it professionally because I just don't want to be treated like a complete moron. They think I'm an idiot. It happens every time and they try and convince me 
there's a word for this, but I'm not going to use it mm. because it doesn't belong in the silly context of wrestling. It's a serious word, but I think it's, yeah. you know the one I'm talking about. I wish there was a softer word that means almost the same thing. And they're lying to me, basically, mm. is what they're doing. Um, but because Trish and Becky have shown themselves to have dire in-ring chemistry, the idea of, well, just the image and the feeling of watching Becky Lynch grab... Like Trish Stratus, when she does that Hurricane Rana thing that she does, mm. she looks like a kid trying to do a handstand who hasn't nailed it yet. It's gone wrong a lot this run. And she's that meant means, to it? be a professional wrestler doing it. And the idea of Becky Lynch, of her own accord, willingly grabbing her legs to take a move to spare the blushes of her opponent, who was meant to be a legend and looks very little like one in these return matches... It's just, ah, oh, it's object defeating. And it's no wonder that this feud has failed dismally because the idea that they are telling you and not showing you is that Trish Stratus is an absolute legend, the architect of this division, and the character wants to prove that she still belongs and all the rest of it. And it's ruthless. You, yeah, it can only tell this story if the level of performance is peak, if it's fantastic. Like, imagine the best bounce machine being crap. Yeah. Much of Kenny Omega was like, Imagine in 10 years, Kenny Omega's completely broken down and he's still, and he's done what every wrestler does and talked about retiring early and not done it because they can't stop. Mm. And he still calls himself the best bout machine and he's like sort of shuffling like a zombie into a V-trigger and you're expected to believe that this guy puts on the best matches. It's a nonsense. This idea that Trish is a legend is being completely ruthlessly undercut by the uh, undermined by the idea that she's a legend, but she's simply not showing it in the ring. Therefore, if Zoe Stark does the bulk of the moving, what was the Kevin Nash quote? I need people to create movement for me. Yeah. <laughs> if Zoe Stark can fulfill that role and they smoke and mirrors this up the ass then hopefully I'll have a good time with it, but my expectations are bedrock low. If all of that seems harsh, you know, I'm sorry, but it's the reality. I can't pretend to lie about this, and I don't think... It's one of those as well where it's a shame because representation matters and continues to matter, and AEW and WWE, who should be the standard bearers of all of this, have had a complete nightmare with the women's division, mm. so I always feel a bit harsh going this studs up, but it it does not deserve any expectation or anticipation for me. Becky Lynch to win? Please. <laughs> uh, we'll stick with the women's division. Um, Rhea Ripley defending the Raw, uh, the Women's World Championship, excuse me, against Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, the kind of, it's been simple, this build. I don't hate it, but it's been hard as a result to, like, pass what kind of match they're going to have. They had great chemistry in NXT, do you remember Rhea Ripley kind of making Raquel Rodriguez yeah. as the next monster in one of her trademark Rhea Ripley has really hard-hitting fight matches? So they've done this before, and the build has kind of relied on the fact that everybody else might look at Rhea Ripley as too big and too strong and too bad, but Raquel Rodriguez is the same size, and she's just as dangerous a monster, and don't sort of misunderstand her inexperience uh in terms of time on the roster, for inability to beat her on the night. They 
illustrated this physically with Raka Rodriguez constantly like running down the attacking rear after she's been having to be held back, and then with a segment on Raw where she just kind of effortlessly countered out of the riptide, the same riptide that has put like uh, Candice LeRae to the sword in seconds and Nikki Cross and the like, just making easy work of these like jobbers on Raw effectively. Like, I I think I know the answer to this, but without just necessarily talking about the prospective match quality, has this convinced you in any way of Raquel as a contender here? Um, It's weird. Like, I think everyone's in the weeds now. Mm. Um, Everyone follows wrestling online because everyone is terminally online. And it's one of those where I I do sympathize with promoters and bookers. Not Triple H, he doesn't deserve any of that. But you know what I mean? It's I'm trying how to phrase this. Everyone knows how hot the judgment day is. Yeah. Right? Because we are chronically obsessed with going on the news sites and on social media and all the rest of it. And it's unique to wrestling as opposed to other forms of entertainment where because we have such an awareness of the business and who's hot and who's like really well liked internally and all the rest of it. Wrestling really struggles with that to the point where you can tell a great story. This isn't a great story. It's a fine story. Um, It's, it's, it's okay. It's solid. But because we've got an awareness of how hot the judgment day are, how many plans there are for them, you just can't buy it seriously. But that's uh, the, the the idea of a title change. And that's really through no fault of the storytelling. Is any other medium like this? With a film, you're just not going to get that. If it's a self-contained film and you've got an A-lister in it, they could die, their character could die, and you wouldn't see it coming. But that's because, unless it's a franchise or whatever... The director or the writer has got no use for that character. Mm. Doesn't matter how popular they are, the film ends. Yeah. And you could kill them if you want. Um, sport, obviously, you can't predict. In TV, you know that Walter White isn't going to die in season three when you know you've got an order for two more. So maybe I am being a bit too generous here, but because Walter, they made you think that Walter White was going to die or yeah. get in jail and break and bad all the time. So maybe maybe Triple H is just a bad booker. <laughs> the match, however, should be very, very good. I say this a lot. The best version of this match is good, but it's true in this case. Mm-hmm. The best version of this match is um, a proper hoss fight. Rhea Ripley is just on like ace form. Yeah, because she is the ace of that WWE women's division. The kind of ace who can hop down at NXT and take a really talented performer in live Valkyria and just give her, give her a total ripper of a match. <laughs> so she's in that kind of form. And, you know, I've never seen as much on the main roster from Reed Rodriguez, but now's mm. the time to do it. Do you think she wins? No. No. On that, we'll stick with the Judgment Day. Because they're in a Steel City street fight, which is the closest we've got to any kind of localised, you know, like sort of location-based stuff, and it's nothing really. So where's it? Pittsburgh? Yeah. Um, it's just... Interest, a- actually, interesting on the crowd. It's Pittsburgh, wasn't it, that was known to be just, ugh, 
you have to run a show in Pittsburgh because they'll come and give you money for tickets. Yeah. But don't put a hot one there. Don't put an important that, one yeah. there because these crowds are dead, dead, dead. Yeah. Episode four of AW Dynamite in 2019 <laughs> is so hot. It's so hot. And then I think people had that collective epiphany of, oh, just WWE main probably just did really bad shows there. Because we'd never seen the um, Britt Baker towels. The terrible yes. towels. We're like, how have we never seen these in 20 years of wrestling? Yeah. I was just... A, I was a Pittsburgher, not used that. They were always known as these dead crowds. And That's uh, Shane Douglas territory, by the way. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> Dick, Rick, Dick Flair. Um, aye. It'd be interesting because they've not been given something to shout about. No. So well, I'd be interested because usually the PLEs are like, the crowds are bang up for it. Of course, yeah. like Cardiff, Puerto Rico, like WrestleMania was white hot. Montreal was white hot. London was white hot. Mm. Like these, like SummerSlam wasn't. Um, <laughs> these PLEs, though, more often than not, are hot. Mm. So I'll be interested to see if there's a convergence between the location and the build and the card and if it all just falls completely flat. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, this is, the, like I say, the only real chance to lean on it if you even want to. There'll be street signs for the streets that are there, probably, and other sort of similar weapons maybe rooted in the area. It's Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defending the tag titles against the Judgment Day. Um, this, truthfully, feels, and you know, we're going to kind of touch on this when we get to the all-out preview, I guess. This feels like a Raw match because it kind of has been one. There might not have been an out-and-out tag team title match between Zayn and Owens versus Finn Balor and Damian Priest, but, Christ, we've seen enough six-mans that are variations on this pairing. Um, look, the story here isn't, it's again one of them ones which is less than an ideal situation. It's less about the champions than an individual story about the challengers, which always makes the titles feel lesser than. Yeah. It's this Finn Balor, Damian Priest, everything is fine. Oh, no, wait a minute, it's not. Uh, J.D. McDonough tried to help Damian Priest on Monday. Priest didn't want it. It was then revealed that Finn Balor was the one that was trying to like get him to help, so you kind of feel like he's going to be a part of this as well. Do you see a title change try and keep them together, a la MJF and Adam Cole? Yeah. Or is this more the simple route of the defeat to further this divide? Well, they Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have had those titles for ages. Yeah. 
WrestleMania. Like months and months and months mm. at this point. So, then again, Triple H likes these long reigns. I, I can go into it expecting, again, it goes back, this is the inverse of what I was talking about with uh, Rhea mm. and um, Raquel in that because the Judgment Day is clearly the big hot thing mm. on Raw, it's the 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 storyline that's anchoring that show. I can see them getting the titles. They'd all have belts then as well. Yeah. All four of them. All of them would have the belts apart from the big gold. Yeah. Um, which Priest's got his eye on anyway. Uh-huh. Um, I, I can see this. I don't think it's happening. Mm. I think there will be a miscommunication, and I think that even if there's not a split, we'll get nearer to it after the fact. But I think because, again, of my knowledge of the business side of things, or just an awareness of the business side of things, that I can buy it. I love it when a, a storyline's so good that that just goes out the window. And sometimes it happens, but not that often, really. Um, I can see the switch. I'll, I'll say one thing. Because Kevin Owens is a madman, and because Kevin Owens has got an absolutely immense level of professional pride, this match is going to completely over-deliver because he is going to take, willingly, some horrifying yeah. bumps. He's going to take this step, this drab build by the scruff of the neck and just make something of it mm. through sheer force of will. That is at once a terrifying and very awesome prospect. Like you might take that bump against the edges of the stairs Ooh. again. When south ma- of heaven against them. When he makes his like ladder and table contraptions and stuff. Yeah. They're just impossible, but somehow... How, how has he been building that in the middle of this match? And then you suddenly see what this structure that is created. I'll say this, though. There are six matches on this card, and one of them is LA Knight in the Miz, and Triple H should be tried for war crimes if that goes over 10 minutes, okay? <laughs> I can't imagine the undercard going that much longer. Like, Raquel and Rhea should be, what, 12, 40 minutes at a maximum for yeah. the big slugfest that they're going to have. That's not the kind of match that should go 20-odd minutes. There is scope here for this to go like 40 minutes. Ugh. Spend far too much time assembling the spots, as you said, with the contraptions. Yeah. Loads of time for some acting with Priest and Bala. I've re- I've quite enjoyed that, you know, those hot judgment, the last two, no, three good minutes. At it. Yeah. yeah, Priest and Bala are actually good mm. at it as well. I say acting in the, you know, in a negative sense. It's almost are, like there's a dash line where it's like, right, time to start this bit of the match. You yeah. sort of see it coming, don't yeah. you? Like yeah. So there is scope for this to um, disappear up at its own arse now, yeah. that, now that I think about it more. Who wins then? Um, I would not put money on it, but I reckon Zayn and Owens. All right. Um, Rey Mysterio and Austin Theory uh, for the United States title. It's like it's Aust- a referendum on Austin Theory. If Rey Mysterio's fit and this match is bad. Yeah. He's a dead rubber challenger, really, because what they've done quite nicely here is, of course, tell the like the tragedy of Santos Escobar, basically the man that should have had the shot before they did the Hogan Yoko WrestleMania Nine bit with. This Ray. is good booking, this. Yeah, like, and that was on. By the way, did you know that, that was on Hogan's birthday in Calgary? Was it on that SmackDown? And you're like, well, I like that. Like, so they've set up this Rey Mysterio Santos Escobar turn. Fantastically well. Rey Mysterio... It's actually been really well booked. He doesn't want to have to fight somebody else that is his son because he's gone through that enough. So he's not avoiding Santos as a coward. It's just Santos needs to understand, look at everything that's happened to your new father figure in this last year alone. So there's a great reason for this title match not to take place, which you would imagine is going to drive Santos's jealousy. So Rey Mysterio retaining here seems like a foregone conclusion. 
unless they do something as like lame and lazy as having Santos turn to cost him it out of jealousy. I think they're a can't believe this. I think they're a better storytelling company than that now. I think so. Well, I think like, so. I think this has been... It's a shame that Austin Theory is the guy who they had to get the title from. Yeah. And that they have to situate as a challenger to, um, like, keep the better story going. If there was a better transitional <laughs> challenger, <laughs> yeah. like the really long-term future face of the company project, transitional United States champion. So this is where Chad Gable lived. Yes. Like an annoying heel. This would be perfect, wouldn't it? This would be, oh, yeah. that's, oh you've ruined it for me now. <laughs> now this is, it's like the bullseye, what you could have seen. Um, but no, they've told a really good story between Ray and Santos. Um, again, I've got no expectations for this. It's one of those, right, where you only think, what's just never going to happen, even though it does? Oh, Vince will never go. Mm. Vince will never retire slash resign in disgrace. But then he did. Mm. Well, there'll never be another competition that's awesome on the, the major arena scale. Uh, scale. Oh, Christ, AEW's a thing. Basically, I would be shocked to that extent if Austin Theory goes over four stars. <laughs> Ever. Well, in a Money in the Bank, he's capable. In an Elimination Chamber, maybe. In a singles match in Pittsburgh. No. Uh, yeah, we've kind of put off talking about it. You did allude to it before. LA Knight versus The Miz. Go three minutes. I, I think this build's been great. Oh, the build's been really good. But it's LA Knight versus The Miz. Is there not? or should there not be motivation, and don't ask me how he does it, by the way, but should there not be motivation in this feud specifically where everything LA Knight has said to them is, and everything the Miz has said to LA Knight in response for these two to want so desperately in their guts to have the best in-ring match that they've both ever had. The motivation must be there. The motivation should be off the charts. Yeah. I'm not saying that's a magic wand, but yes. do you know what I mean? Like the should be up for it. They should be up for it. Um, the Miz is a total pro. He's accepted that he's going to get paid a lot of money, like one of the highest paid wrestlers probably ever, considering the the, the fortunes that get paid to mm-hmm. WWE guys these days. And he's a top star in terms of, I don't know, his profile as opposed you to his main event a house show with him uh, in a pinch, couldn't you? Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. Longevity, he's loyal. You know, he can talk and he's a face. He's never going to go to actual Hollywood. He'll do out. He'll do out. Um, proper company man. Um, this won't be good. No. It's one of those where I'm never going to say it's got a chance of being good. And if it's good, I think a lot of people would only ever be pleasantly surprised. Um, this has to be LA Knights to win. Yeah. Um, Is it going to be effective enough, though? Like, in this... In this sort of whatever trajectory LA Knight is on, because I don't think any of us can quite figure out what trajectory that is, is this like I think the promos have been perfect for LA Knight to like. I'm picturing it like a you remember the Mortal Kombat villain menu where you just go up one baddie at a time. Yeah, the Miz is absolutely a baddie that LA Knight should be vanquishing, but I don't know whether what the ceiling of that little character no. journey is. I still can't I don't know how much they out. like him. I don't know how much they trust him. And um, the rap on him is that look with WWE now especially compared to even like two, three years ago, which is ironic considering it's Triple H running the whole show, um, is that they don't seem to be that concerned with work rate. If Triple H was that bothered by it, he would have had Gargano on TV way more. Yeah. Um, yes, he has Gunther, and, you know, Cody's fantastic and he's gone with him, but what I'm getting at is as much as they prefer the melodrama approach with Roman Reigns these days, you still have to be able to go in that mm. ring if you're going to be a top-level WWE star. And I can't remember who reported it, um, but I did see a report, and if I didn't see a report, I would 
believe this to be true anyway. I don't think they think Ellie and I could go in the main event of a WrestleMania and work 20 minutes and for it to be great. It's just... Michael Hamflit, name one great LA Knight match. Oh, bro, I can't. Well, that's the thing. I can name one great move, and I wish he'd make it his finisher. He does the Kurt Angle vertical leap onto the top rope and does like a belly-to-belly. Most of the time. Yeah, yeah, there was that one. Shame as well, wasn't there? That's so hot that you should make that your finisher because you leave people dazzled by the very last three seconds. the idea that, has he still got enough in him to do it? Mm -hmm. Oh, he does, that's great. Yeah. Uh, LA Knight has never had a fantastic match and even in WWE with its melodrama first approach you know the storytelling company kiss my ass and a drab one with Gunther in NXT on stand and deliver uh huh uh huh and that's virtually impossible remember when you were thinking well yeah this is the Gunther finished era and it's LA Knight so we've got this low ceiling anyway like the aye this kind of has to be good Mm. maybe it's the test if you can do something that's hot and good with a Miz then we'll trust you Almost implicitly, you do something hot and good with people who are better than Miz, which mm-hmm. is most. <laughs> um, and I suppose, like the other candidate to be the main event, if it's not uh, Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch, Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura. For oh, Judgment Day are headlining this. Yeah, I think probably. Um, Seth freaking Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the world heavyweight title. Uh, again, like I feel like I've said this quite a few times, these builds are not blowing me away, but. They're good. It's weird. Like, some of the actual storytelling's been good. Yeah. It's not hot. I'm must not say. electrified by it, but I'm just quite enjoying it. That's the core of our debate. Listen to it on the Raw review. Cedric, I think this is good, but I'm content with the good. Yeah. It's weird. Like, this Nakamura reinvention, it could be a short term thing. He could have a switch on his back, like one of the characters from Toy Story, where it's like, can you be class for a month? Yep. Like, as long as you promise me I can flick it back down to no and then go back surfing for whatever. He's doing it. This build has been so basic, but in that way that WWE couldn't do basic with Nakamura all these years. They've allowed four subtitles. They've made the most of the language so barrier. Menacing. He's such a physical terror. He's immediately identified a problem in Seth Rollins' uh, physical attributes. That, like, what is it? I'm going to get. I'm going to butcher this. Is it like what's it? Is it pierces the edifice? I don't know. Yeah, of this Seth freaking Rollins gimmick. This idea that, like, you never think about Seth Rollins in this persona having an injured body part, do you? Remember when it always used to be his knee? Yeah. Not this Rollins. He wears funny suits. Like, you can't get to him. Yeah. It's too wacky for any of it. And then Nakamura's like, you think you're wacky? I'm going to smash your back to smithereens with my hard strikes. And then he's done it, and he said, and what that's going to mean for you long-term is that you're going to be a terrible husband and father. And Rollins has been forced to, like, drop the act a bit and sell it. And I think this has been a massive, massive over-delivery that in my gut, I don't think the match can live up to. It's weird, this, because I'm starting to believe that he can do it on the night. When it's weird, because he's not that physically finished. Like, I've seen other people who've been in that super intensive New Japan. Like, it's the style and the schedule super intensive. Yeah. So if you look at Naito now, if you look at Ibushi now, if you look at Tanahashi now, Nakamura was obviously in New Japan for years working style like that, maybe even harder. He's had the benefit of being in WWE, but the pandemic years aside, there's a different kind of grind and wear and tear, and that's doing it very often. Um, I haven't been moved by a Shinsuke Nakamura in-ring performance for God knows how long. Like, even the team of Cesaro, I thought, that's good. Mm. If it was, like, 2012 and that was kicking about, you'd be absolutely doing cartwheels and jacking it. But, you know, it's not 2012 anymore. (laughs) The standard has improved, like, exponentially. So 
He had, had the gauntlet that you came to resent because you kept being told that that meant he was back in the oh, world okay. title. <laughs> to everyone who was like, oh, Nakamura's back, I'd say you're a goldfish, and it is. Dynasty <laughs> They've had a match, and it was a gentleman's three. Uh, Survivor Series 2018, yeah. maybe? Aye. And it went like 20 minutes, and it was just a gentleman's three, and it was a bit sluggish. It wasn't, but it just you know, didn't have that, any, that, any of that kinetic energy, that high-impact stuff. Um, there are three differences now. One, the character has been built, and people have are drawn to it. And those awesome pre-taped subtitle promos have drawn a lot of praise, and this feels like... Something. Mm. Don't know how hard it is, but it feels like something. Yeah. There is something the fans have been conditioned to expect is the the th- narrative through line of the story, and that's the back. And if Nakamura can kick him in it really hard, he should get the gasps, and that should set the platform for the babyface comeback and the cutoffs and everything else. And the third thing is, there's a general. It doesn't happen on TV every week, but certainly at most PLEs, it happens. There is a there's an enthusiasm in that crowd. There's a buzz in that crowd, and mm. they actually react to matches when they go to the PLEs because <laughs> they don't go for don't go there for the promos. You might get a great smaller effect with Cody Rhodes, no less, which you will. But yeah, but that's Blue Moon stuff. It's usually just match, 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 yeah. match. So it's a different crowd who actually like wrestling most of the time. So those three things could work in its favor. But again, like I know it's like one of our bits, not a goldfish. But I'm not a goldfish. Mm. I can't sit here and say, I've watched Nakamura literally and figuratively surf for the last seven years of his career, more or less, and just say, oh, he's in there with a quote-unquote great worker and it's a PLE and they let them go longer and it's going to be a f- like four-and-a-half-star match. I just, I'll have to, I just, you can never predict it. You'd be an idiot to predict it, really. It's been seven years of this. They're very, so it's five years, obviously, since the last match. That's a very different five years, isn't it? Because Nakamura, I would say, has got five years older. But Seth, to be fair to him, I believe, as a wrestler, has got five years wiser. I think he is better five years later. This is not one of them things where you go, God, they were even younger back then, and it still was pretty bland or whatever. Yeah, Seth's only really properly locked in as the best version of himself, I think, the last couple of years. But Nakamura is five years older and it does sort of feel like if he's going to have his best night yet in WWE all these years after like his last really good one which was his debut against Sami Zayn like it's going to take like a, a miracle he's going to have to summon like a miracle to match that yeah we'll see I suppose you uh, do you think Rollins retain I kind of think this won't go on last or get a finish I think they think there's more to this oh they could do a I don't think it's on the docket yet, but they will be have fun with like a tease referee stoppage or whatever. Yeah, um, Seth, like selling the back or something, and then again, the title would change hands, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, I think there's a Saudi show before the Survivor Series, so it feels like there's a bit of a gap to plug there. Like Nakamura, like Seth could steal one here. Mm. The idea being that Nakamura could then say on the next Raw or the Raw after that, I "Had you beat, you were lucky. Let's do it again," sort of thing. Um, because they don't feel ready to do the priest cash in yet, so yeah, easier that than build another opponent. And there we go. Uh, we'll talk l- about Grace Smaller or not? Oh god, oh, yeah, go on then. Yeah, Grace Smaller and Cody Rhodes. Any thoughts? I'm excited. Okay, Cody's a madman. It feels weird that they're doing this on a PLE, so I'll be hooked. If this was happening on Raw, I'll just watch it. Mm-hmm. Blaze dies. Who cares? I like Cody, but this is fluff nonsense. Is it on a PLE just to draw that little bit of interest and getting a star on it? Will this ultimately amount to nothing? Probably. It's probably a bit cheeky, this. 
It could be a confrontation, setting up Cody's next feud because he needs one before the Rumble. Yep. Um, Divinah. I think I'm less invested in this specifically because I feel there's a 90s in your house quality about this to me. I think to the arena only, they say, guess what? Stick around after our main event because Cody Rhodes has said he wants to wrestle Grayson Waller tonight. And then they have a house show, send the fans home, happy match. After the, the PLE. after the PLE finishes, after the PLE goes off the air, all right. I think, okay, I think they, yeah. Cody puts the trunks on and he gives him gives him a show. That's what I think. Okay. Did it? Did it? Did it? Did it? Who is going to interrupt? Cody Rhodes on the Grayson Waller effect and become his next rival. Ah, he got the roster, roster page, yeah. Right. Go on then. Um, he's scrolling. I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling. <laughs> Stop. Actually, it's got, it's got all those big pictures in it. How does Wilborn do that? I don't know. How'd he does do? that, yeah. Go to Raw, maybe. Filter by Raw at the top. Filter by Raw because the Browns play is in effect. Yeah, okay. Right. Um, again. Stop. Four. Three McIntyre. But yes. Didn't he? I feel like we've booked him in something else recently through this game. But yeah, I mean, it'd be big, wouldn't it? Seen his opponent. Remember, we booked. Yes. We booked what the story would guaranteed be like. Kilts versus Jorts. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good for drinks. Come up with loads of ideas from Blessing. Uh, what do you think is going to happen with Cody Rhodes and Grace Muller in the Grace Muller effect? Let us know um, in the replies to the X message that will go out with this podcast, uh, where you can follow all of us as well. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Michael Hamlet. Uh, enjoy payback this weekend. We'll also have an all-out preview dropping on the feed, and then we'll be back all being well on Monday with reviews of both shows. Uh, In the meantime, have a good weekend. Thanks for spending your time with us, and we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.